0: Hi and welcome to seen it and heard. My name is Allison Tristo and I'm the community field rep with Western United Dairies. Today we're gonna bring on Jason Bryant, who is the lobbyist at Western United Dairies to go over the recent election and the results.
1: Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com.
2: Hi, folks. Hope you had a great week. Dairy markets were a little choppy. The result on cheese was mixed. Block cheddar cheese, we lost a little bit for the week, down to $209.50. Barrel cheese, we gained some, up to $195.00. Butter was a bit of a roller coaster. On Thursday, the market dropped by over 20 cents. However, by Friday, we gained back about half of that. Uh, still closed the week lower, but still at 281.25. And non fat for the week, we actually gained a half a cent. Way we lost a penny and a half. So definitely a lot of ups and downs throughout the week, but no big material changes by the end of the week. Um... We will be keeping a careful eye on butter as as next week rolls out. This is definitely, certainly the time of year when we start seeing that kind of seasonal holiday demand start to fade and eyes start turning towards 2023. Uh, we are keeping a close eye on on a few factors, certainly milk production in the U.S. We won't get a new read on that until the 19th of December. We've been up for a few months now, and we are watching European numbers come in pretty strong as well. So European milk production definitely seems to be on the upswing after uh, a rough kind of year or so there. Grain prices have been mixed. We lost a little on corn, which was good news. Um, However, the soybean complex uh, pushed higher. We will also be keeping an eye on demand metrics sort of, again, past this uh, holiday season. Um, We will be turning to, you know, post-holiday demand, kind of see how the health of consumers is looking. Will they keep buying steadily at retail and eating out, as they have been? We'll also be keeping a close eye on export potentials as markets, particularly in Europe, have come down some. So our export competitiveness has been um, a little bit, uh, you know, shaken up here, I would say, over the last couple of weeks. Also, on the macro issues, keeping an eye on the U.S. economy, Uh, job situation looks good, wages are up, Uh, but we are also seeing some additional um, consumer debt, particularly on credit cards. So, lots to keep an eye on. Um, Also wanted to mention that those of you interested in the DMC program through your FSA office, that's the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, they did extend the deadline for sign-up, to January 31st. If you have any questions about that program, please feel free to reach out. I would say also 2023 futures markets have been a little bit under pressure here lately, so if you have some milk price risk management still to get done, um, I would start taking a pretty close look at that. Have a wonderful week. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public funding, and we want to help you continue farming in California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com.
0: Hi Jason, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. So Western United Dairies had a budget win on increased funding for school nutrition programs. Can we do a quick dive into that? Can you give us some insight?
1: Yes, happy to, and, and really appreciate the opportunity to to speak to the membership uh, through this podcast and enjoy connecting with members in, in different ways, either at board meetings or through the uh, the written legislative updates or through this podcast. So thank you for the opportunity. Uh, this year we saw you know, major initiatives by uh, the governor and the legislature to increase funding uh, for school nutrition and increasing access to nutrition through the school lunch program. In the beginning in school year 2022-2023, California will become the first state in the nation um, to implement a statewide universal meals program for all school children. And so every student in California, uh, pre-K through grade 12, will be eligible to receive a free breakfast and lunch every school day, which is quite remarkable because it eliminates you know, that free school meal stigma that a lot of students, uh, needy students experience who are participating in the school meal program. And, and, and what I think this program does is it increases access for all students, regardless of income level or social status, by allowing those students to take advantage of a school meal. And in this case, it's now breakfast and lunch, uh, which is gonna improve uh, students' ability to have access to great food, um, nutrition, and put them in a position uh, to learn in school and eventually excel in life. And it was the passage of, a really important piece of legislation this year, and, and that was signed into law uh, back in June. It was assembly bill 181, a bill that we worked on uh, tirelessly, uh, which appropriates the dollars to expand the school lunch program. Um, and it's up to $700 million um, to support this expansion of the school meal program. And And what's really critical about it is that it it funds really, really exciting new programs that provides dollars to school districts to increase healthy options within the school lunch program like grants to school districts to uh, improve equipment like milk coolers and chillers and bulk dispensers, improving training grants and nutrition staff to help prepare, market and offer more fresh meal offerings like dairy foods, dairy products, uh, or more foods that include dairy items uh, so that students have access to those products. So some really exciting stuff within the school lunch program, and we're really proud of the passage of AB 181, the expansion of the school meal program, and really the student's ability to go to school, not worry about having to bring a brown bag necessarily. If They want to, of course they can but they can take advantage of a school meal regardless of their income or social status and have access to a good meal uh, with uh, with the ability to access great dairy products that are often found in many of those meals.
0: How does this benefit the dairy industry and bring more dairy foods into schools?
1: We appreciate the question. What's unique about um, this new budget trailer bill and uh, the universal school meals program that was passed this year is that um, the programs and the budget items um, puts a greater focus on procuring California grown foods and ingredients um, that are, you know, fundamental for school nutrition programs and, 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 it, and it directs dollars for purchasing those California grown minimally processed foods, many of which are, of course, dairy products and dairy foods grown right here in California by Western United Dairies members. And it, and it incentivizes the purchasing of those items uh, through school districts who are participating in the school meal program. And um, it, you know, this is an effort to ensure that we're improving the quality of school meals through these funds by ensuring students have access to those fresh items, minimally processed items, and that, and that they're exposed to better quality locally grown foods and that's going to be great because when they're, you know, go, going through school and becoming young adults and making purchasing decisions as young adults, they're going to be exposed to and used to some of those, those products they've seen in schools. And so we're excited about what the school nutrition program and, and what the Universal School Meals Program has in store for them.
0: Definitely. So is there anything else you would like to leave the producers uh, with this uh, win?
1: yeah it's just a it's a great it's a great um a budget win for california it's a great budget win for uh students throughout the state the ability to go to school to have access to a high quality nutritious uh an attractive uh school meal whether it be breakfast or lunch regardless of your income status um, i think it's a great opportunity you don't have to bring a bound bag you can uh, but you can easily grab a meal at school and, and have a great experience and um, we worked really hard to making sure that that dairy can sit, continues to be a cornerstone of that um, school meal program um, and it's found it's, it's foundational in what is offered and what's exciting is that more, more fresh minimally processed california grown products are going to be offered as a result of the work that we put into this budget trailer bill and we're we'll really be proud of that
0: so let's jump into talking about Congress. Can you tell us how some of this played out and how it's going to affect us nationally?
1: You bet, and, and you know, twenty twenty two being an election year, some really fascinating political trends that we were watching, you know, here on election day and and then the weeks uh, following election day. Of course, in, as we all know, in the presidential midterms, um, and twenty twenty two being a midterm um, for President Biden. Uh, it's the incumbent party uh, who controls Congress that typically loses seats to the party challenging the incumbent party. Um, and in this case, Republicans were counting on big wins this November to turn the House of Representatives over from Democrat control to Republican control. And the question was, how big of a tidal wave was it going to be uh, this November? And and as it turns out, um, I think it's safe to say that there the wasn't a tidal wave, it was, it was, it was more of a current, um, a smaller wave than perhaps what was expected. But what was very interesting to observe is that um, several key races that, um, that really changed the outcome on a national scale um, occurred right here in California. There is at least um, a half a dozen Uh, Congressional races right here in our backyard here in California, uh, the results of which dictated, largely dictated the outcome of whether or not Republicans were able to uh, turn the House from uh, Democrat control to Republican control um, this year. Um, You know, there were a a significant number of close races uh, for competitive congressional districts um, in for the U.S. House. Um, largely due to the fact that California just went through a redistricting process. Um, After the 2020 census, the um, redistricting commission has redrawn the district lines. And so you have um, a huge swath of new legislative districts and congressional districts, many of which are more competitive than they once were. And so incumbents had to compete more diligently than they uh, perhaps did in previous elections because those seats were more competitive. And you saw um, um, incumbent Republicans perform very well. A great example of that is uh, um, David Valadeo, who successfully was, was successfully reelected to Congress, um, uh, fending off a challenger, uh, former assembly member Ruby Salas in the Central Valley. Uh, and you saw a number of other uh, Republican House members fend off Democrat challengers uh, and, and 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 become reelected. Um, and then you had a number of um, uh, of key wins here in California, which really helped Republicans nationally move power from Democrat control to Republican control. Um, and I think that was um, was key to uh, Kevin McCarthy's leadership change from. Nancy Pelosi, who is obviously currently Speaker of the House. Kevin is, is, um, is next in line, it appears, to take over to be the Speaker of the House. Obviously, uh, Kevin stems from uh, Kern County and is a well-known leader here in California. He was you know, hugely involved um, in the success of, 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 a, of a number of key uh, members of Congress in their re-election. Um, he's a prolific fundraiser and and someone who's intimately involved in the election process uh, for a number of, of, of candidates here in California and did a mag- magnificent job uh, positioning those candidates and helping them um, through election day, successfully fending off um, Democratic opponents. And so really, California played a pretty significant role, I think, in uh, determining the outcome of, of how Congress will be shaped politically um, heading into next year and beyond.
0: Okay, Jason, uh, can you give us a deep dive into the legislature and what's going on uh, there?
1: Yeah, it's been a fascinating period of time between uh, now and the election. The last month we've seen um, a number of close contests. I don't think I've witnessed as many close races Uh, as this year as I have in the last decade. Um, Today is uh, December 2nd, and on Monday, the legislature will swear in its new class of legislators. And there's still two races that are undecided. Uh, I don't know. I think that's unprecedented. Um, We have one race um, in the Assembly down in the desert, uh, in the Indian Wells area, where... um, the, the separation between the two candidates is 20 votes, literally 20 votes out of almost 190,000 votes cast in this election, 20 votes separates the two candidates. Wow. Um, it's, I haven't seen a race that close ever um, for assembly. Uh, and then of course, down in, um, in uh, the Central Valley, Senator Melissa Hurtado, is right now trailing uh, Dave Shepherd by 245 votes. Uh, and there was over 120,000 votes cast for, uh, for that race and only 245 votes separate the two candidates. And so that race remains uncalled and, and likely won't be called prior to Monday. Um, up here in Sacramento County where I live, um, we just had a race called for state assembly where Josh Hoover defeated incumbent Ken Cooley in a newly drawn assembly seat. Um, very, very close race, uh, less than 2000 votes uh, between the two candidates um, and a surprise uh, win for Republicans who uh, who defeated incumbent Democrat, um, um, but very, very narrow win, uh, but a very interesting race to watch. And of course, um, down in the Central Valley in Merced County uh, for Congress and Congressional District 13. Um, many of uh, those listening to this podcast are probably in this district or following it. John Duarte is currently leading Adam Gray by 584 votes. Uh, out of 120,000 plus votes cast, 584 votes separate the two candidates. So that place is too close to call. Although John Duarte has said that he feels that the remaining votes um, left to be counted. Uh, uh, there's not enough to change the outcome of that election. So we'll see how that, how that goes. But there has been a number of close races. Some have already been called, uh, but at one point, I think I was tracking 15 or plus very, very close contests that were under a thousand votes um, just after election night. So very, very tight. Um, so interesting race to watch, uh, interesting election to watch, certainly. Uh, but what's really fascinating about um, about what's going on next year is that um, we have 37 um, new lawmakers coming to town. Of 120 legislators, we've got you know uh, 40 senators and 80 assembly members, 37 of which are brand new to Sacramento. Um, that ushers in a whole new crop of new faces. Uh, with new priorities, with uh, uh, with with a which creates a need for us to begin to educate them about the role dairy plays in our local economies, the role dairy plays in ensuring access to nutrition, and the role dairy is playing to ensure our state is meeting our climate goals. All of the important things that this industry provides our state, uh, it, it requires us to step up and begin to educate these new members. We've already been doing that. Uh, of the 37 people that are that are um, entering the legislature, I think we've met nearly all of them. Some of them we know very, very, very well, which is a great thing. Um, and that's the part of the process that, um, that the association goes through, is making sure that we know um, this legislature very well, uh, no matter where you're from. If you're from an urban area or a rural area, a place where we've got Uh, if you come from a place where there's a lot of dairy production or a place that there's none, um, we try to make it a point to reach out and make sure legislature, legislators who are new to this state, new to the state legislature, um, have heard from Western United Dairies. And, and so it's an exciting time to be a part of the process as this new class gets sworn in.
0: Do you think that these changes will benefit the dairy industry?
1: With any change, particularly change in the legislature comes really big challenges. Uh, And really big opportunities. Um, When you have fresh faces and people who may not have uh, a a deep understanding of what we do, it gives you a great opportunity to explain uh, the people, the issues, and the commitment that our members have to this industry and the value proposition they bring to the state. It's a great opportunity for us to showcase what we do. Uh, But of course, change also brings in potential threats, people who don't understand or don't have a familiarity with this industry. And so we've gotta be mindful of that and, and rise to the challenge and be able to communicate with people who, who may not have a point of reference, who may not understand or may not have met or been on a dairy or may have not had any interaction with the leaders of this industry or the men and women who, who are committed to dairy production in California That's what I think we wake up every morning and think about is how do we make sure that we are connecting with people who need to hear from us and who need to understand the value proposition and need to understand the amount of commitment that our members bring every day to our industry and how essential the industry is into meeting consumer demands uh, for our product uh, and meeting um, the demands that state of California has on us from a regulatory standpoint from a climate change standpoint water quality standpoint we need to be able to tell our story and with change um, in the legislature uh, it, it is incumbent upon us to step up and and meet the challenge and to and to ensure that we are stepping ahead and and making those relationships uh, it is not easy uh, 37 new members is a big hill to climb. But um, it doesn't have to happen in all one day. It happens over over time. Uh, but we take this uh, responsibility very seriously. Um, and the good news is, is we has been working over the last several years to get to know many of the new 37 members. and um, And many of them are actually really good friends of the industry and have demonstrated an interest in working with us collaboratively to help the industry continue to um, uh, stay committed to this state and, and thrive, and that's encouraging. So, um, our work, we got our work cut out for us, you know, the, you know, working in California, working in this, uh, regulatory environment, working within, uh, this legislature is no easy feat, uh, but we're committed to it. And, um, we've had a number of significant successes within this environment. And um, we're not going to give up.
0: Awesome! Thank you for the updates, Jason. Is there anything else you want to leave the producers with?
1: I appreciate the the opportunity to speak to to you through this uh, portal and through this um, through this technology. And I don't often get uh, an ability to get out of Sacramento um, to speak to members. And I'm glad that there's this um, this way to connect with people. And I'm hopeful that. Um, at least I can share some of the things that we work on um, uh, through this, um, through this podcast. And um, I'd say this, and I know that people say, call me anytime if you have any questions. But really, if there's somebody who, who's listening to this and you want to get to know me um, better and you, you have a question about what we're doing for you, or you have a question about, you know, your lawmaker or a bill that you heard about or you want to have a, a conversation about a challenge you're having um you know i'd like to hear from you i i mean that sincerely we, you know i would like to hear about what challenges you face because um every, it happens all the time what comes to you directly as a farmer um oftentimes spills over into public policy and if i hear from you first um, there's a greater likelihood that we can help solve the issue or bring some resolution to what you're facing quicker if we can hear from you um, um, about it rather than hearing about it from somebody else or not hearing about it at all. And um, you know, we can't promise that we can um, solve the world's problems overnight, but I would like to at least give it a shot, uh, particularly if there's something um, new that you're facing that, um, that we're not aware of. Um, so, I, so I'd like to share that with you that, you know, engage us. That's what we're here for. Um, and there's no issue too small. And I appreciate the opportunity to to speak to you and, and be a part of the organization.
0: All righty, Jason. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you for what you're doing in Sacramento for the dairy industry.
1: Thanks for the opportunity. Have a good one.
2: Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe.
1: Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust whether you're purchasing real estate making improvements to the dairy or wanting to purchase or lease equipment we're here to help our members prosper visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you
0: Thanks again, Jason, for coming on the podcast and giving us an update as to what happened in the recent election. If you would like to get notifications when a new episode of Seen and Heard releases, just go ahead and subscribe to the channel. And I hope everyone has a great week. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, The Morning Star Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, f Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our guests, please note that the opinions expressed in the Seen and Heard podcast may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors or our sponsors. If you would like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at